0: Friends, we are continuing our sermon series of Jesus' last words spoken while on the cross. Today, our reading is from the 27th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, verses 39 through 46. Those who passed by derided Jesus, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Well, in the same way, the chief priest also, along with the scribes and elders, they were mocking him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from his cross now, and we will believe in him He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he wants to, for he said, I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. And then from noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Leme, me That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we ask that you would still our hearts and minds, and that we would hear your words spoken into our lives. And hearing your words of love and grace, we may leave this place and be love and grace to a hurting world. We ask it all in the name of the one who taught us, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, my first conception of Jesus came from visiting with my grandparents and going to like vacation Bible school, um, occasionally a Sunday school class. It was the Jesus of like the little juice cups and the off brand Oreos. You know what I'm talking about? And so that Jesus seemed like a mythical character. Not really someone real, but just someone you hear stories about. And I think. I felt that way for quite a while until I started growing up. And at some point, I began to grow up and look around me and I realized that there was a lot of suffering in the world. There was a lot of suffering in my home. And I knew that there were those who had lives that were difficult. And there were those that I would see, often within the church, that I felt like did not suffer the same kind of difficulties, and so I came to the conclusion that God loved and cared for some people, and God did not love or care for some others, and I was on the wrong side of that equation. And so... Many years later, when I came to faith myself, I would read the Bible and I think I wanted to read the Bible and I wanted the question of why answered. Why, Lord? Why were things so difficult in my home? Why did you allow it? Why does suffering happen? Why are there people who experience such terrible things and there are others who do not? Why, why, Lord? And are you surprised to know that the why wasn't answered? It's much like the book of Job. There are so many things that we cannot know because we are not God. Now, faithful people over the ages have tried to answer that question. This is what formulates the doctrine or teachings of the church. It's important to remember that all doctrine comes from someone's experience of God So there's one theory that goes this way, people who have experienced suffering and it was a redemptive or learning process for them. They said this is the purpose of suffering that God has for us, that we would suffer and we would learn something and be better human beings at the end of it. That's one doctrine of suffering. Another doctrine says that God seems to care about the big things, but God doesn't care about the little things. And that somehow our choice as sinful people brings suffering into the world. That's another very valid doctrine. But the truth is that we don't have those answers because we are not God. Now, all these years later, I know that I should have opened up the Bible and asked myself the question, who Who is God? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is this triune God? And what does that God care about? What does that God say about humanity? And if you want to know about suffering, this passage of Jesus on the cross crying out in pain has a lot to tell us. The first is that everyone suffers. Even our Lord and Savior. You know why I wanted to know the why? Because I thought if I could understand why I suffered, then I could quit doing the thing that caused it. I could have control over it. But we know that even our Lord and Savior suffered and felt abandoned by God. Everyone suffers. And it doesn't even have to be the same gradation of suffering. The idea of death and of pain is one thing, but you know what? A teenager with their first broken heart is something else too. They're both suffering. And everyone experiences it. No one gets out of suffering. I'll tell you that I am a mother first and foremost, and if I could save my children from suffering, I'd do it every time. I'd just scoop them up and rescue them. But I can't because everyone walks their own life, and everyone suffers. The second thing that this passage tells us about suffering is that crying out to God in pain or anger or confusion is a faithful act. When our Lord says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? that's not doubting god that's taking those really hard difficult questions to god and that is always an act of faith you can take your doubt and your fear and even your anger to god these words that jesus speaks my god my god why have you forsaken me are actually from the 22nd psalm and so when jesus says these words he's entering into a long tradition of lament of people who have looked around in their lives and they have seen the hard thing and they've experienced the hard thing and they have cried out to god that psalm psalm 22 is often called the psalm of the righteous sufferer it's the psalm of someone who is suffering even though they have done nothing wrong even though they have not broken god's commands and don't we know that to be true that sometimes maybe suffering makes us better people, but sometimes suffering is just awful, and there's no reason for it. It's just a part of our life as humans. And so when Jesus cries out to God, he is entering into that tradition of faithful people who cry out to God in the middle of their pain and suffering. That is what you and I are to do, to take even our difficult emotions to God, not just our praise, not just our adoration, but we can take our anger and hurt also. The third thing this passage tells us is that even in our suffering, God is always there. God is with Jesus, yes, because we know that after the suffering comes the tomb, And after the tomb comes the resurrection. Jesus feels abandoned. We have all probably felt abandoned by God at one time or another, but feelings are not facts. And the fact is that God is always with us, suffering with us, loving us through it. The same thing, the only thing I can do for my children, right? I can't rescue them from the suffering, but I sure can sit with them in it and offer comfort. The Lord God is always with the suffering. Every time I've stood at a graveside, I know the Lord God is there, not with me, but with those who are suffering the loss. Every time there is a national tragedy, I know that God is there. God is there with those who are suffering because God loves and God works for the good of people always. God is love even when suffering. That psalm, Psalm 22, the psalm of the righteous sufferer, it ends with the psalmist saying, but even in my affliction, God is there. That's what we are to hope for, to remember that even in our suffering, God is there. And it is our hope that over time we might become better sufferers, that we might not doubt quite as much as we did before because we made it to the difficult thing and we saw that God was there. There's a story that Elie Wiesel, the Holocaust survivor, writes in his book *Night*. And he talks about remembering this one day where a child was hung by the Nazi guards. The child was seven or eight, a little boy. And all of these adults were standing around watching this child swing from the noose. And somebody in the crowd said, Well, where is God now? And Elie Wiesel said that he just had this thought in his head that said, God is there. God is there with the child, swinging with the child, suffering with the child, redeeming and welcoming the child home. I wish that I could tell you why we suffer, so that we could all join together and quit doing the things that cause it and avoid it altogether. But that's not what humanity is. All suffer. All also have to remember that God is there holding you in the palm of God's hand, waiting to roll away the stone and show us resurrection. Thanks be to God for a God who suffers and cares. Amen.